Today is Wednesday, April 26th. The title for our devotional is Purchasing Power. And I gotta admit, that might be one of the better titles I think I've ever come up with. Catchy, related, oh man. Okay, yesterday we looked at an overview of Mark's gospel. In his gospel, Jesus is depicted as the King, the Messiah, the Son of God. His method of attaining kingship, however, was the cross, followed by the resurrection. People were confused by this, and very few actually grasped it until the Spirit of God came in Acts chapter 2. His kingdom looked way different than anyone thought it would. Today, we progress in the story of Jesus and the early church to the book of Acts and the expansion of Jesus' kingdom beyond Jerusalem. In Acts 8, we read about the kingdom of God expanding to Samaria. Remember, the Jews and the Samaritans had a feud going that made the Montagues and Capulets feud look like toddlers fighting over a toy. This is a big step for the disciples in taking the gospel to the whole world. It required them to first go to their neighbors to the north, and they hated their neighbors to the north. So let's read Acts 8, 4 through 25. Those who had been scattered preached the word where they went. There was a persecution in Jerusalem that led to the scattering of Christians in the church. This was mostly done at the hands of Saul. Philip went down to a city uh, in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs that he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. So there's a lot happening here. Um, Simon is either asking for the ability to give the Spirit after receiving the Spirit himself, or he may have not yet received the Spirit and is asking for the ability to give the Spirit when his turn comes up. Okay, so in the flow of the narrative, I think the latter is more likely. He has not received the Spirit yet, and upon his turn to receive the Spirit at the hands of Peter and John as they place their hands on them, he asks if he can purchase the power of the Spirit from them. What the NIV translates as ability in verse 19 is really more like power or authority as the ESV or NASB respectively translates. He is asking to have this power or authority that Peter has come to know is a gift from God. He is here either referring to his position as an apostle as being a gift from God, which then allows him to distribute the gift of the Spirit through the laying out of hands, 
or this laying on of hands was not the normative experience of the gift of the Spirit. The normative experience is when somebody believes the Holy Spirit just comes into their life. Therefore, this instance with the Samaritans, God is doing something special to show the apostles that the kingdom is moving beyond Israel and the Jews and even into the Samaritans, which remember, they despise the Samaritans. So this would be a big jump for Peter and John. In any case, the Spirit is a gift, not one that Simon could purchase for his own gain. This reveals a deeper issue. His heart is not right before God. This reveals that he is likely not a genuine believer, but this has become another business opportunity for him to exploit and deceive people with his sorcery. There's an important contrast here in the text between Simon and Philip. Simon boasted about himself. He said that it says that he was somebody great. In verse 9, Philip proclaimed the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus in verse 12. Simon, when he saw the power of God working through Philip, he recognized it as real power. And his magic, or sorcery, paled in comparison. This mentality has no part in the kingdom of God. We cannot control the power of God. He gives it and uses it as he wills, often through us, but at the disposal of his own will. Attempts to purchase the power of God are attempts to control God and will not be a part of his kingdom. Peter tells him to pray for himself in verse 22. Simon's response is not genuine repentance and prayer, but a request for someone else, that is Peter, to do this for him. The grammar of this phrase indicates that Peter thinks it is unlikely that he will do this. Peter has discerned in Simon a bitterness and captivity to sin, yet that indicates he has not yet received the grace of God. Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, and other early church fathers, they identify later Simon Magus as the first source of heresy in the church, especially Gnosticism the early forms of which the early church combated in the New Testament. It wouldn't become formalized until the second century, but the foundation of it was certainly laid in the first century. It seems as if Simon has a syncretistic or a la carte approach to Christianity. What Simon wants to do here is to merge the power of the Spirit with his current shtick without abandoning his former life and surrendering fully to Jesus. Thus, he has no part in the kingdom of God.